Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are so excited for our third week of Assistant Coaches Month. Uh, you know, we've had on Bobby Donahue of Wilmington Football and last week, Steve Toro of East Boston Baseball. So it's been a lot of fun and another tremendous coach that we have on this week. Um, another another AC alum. So I always got to give love to the AC alums that come on here, uh, but is a current uh, Malden Catholic girls basketball coach, first full season, played collegiately at Bentley for four years, was a two-year captain there, played at Arlington Catholic high school uh, where she won a 2009 uh, I think division two North championship and all of this she's done in all of the age of 30 so pretty amazing stuff and we're really honored I covered Malden Catholic this year and what a program they have there and coaching staff and we covered them at the Boston Garden and it was just it was so much fun such a great team and uh, so we're really lucky to have this guest on so without further ado ladies and gentlemen from Malden Catholic girls basketball Kelsey Halloran Hey, Anthony. Thanks for having me today. Of course, of course. We're, we're honored to have you on here. You know, your coach spoke very highly of you and Jay's a friend of this show. He was on here before. So, um, you know, once we saw what he wrote about you, it was, it was a slam dunk for sure. Uh, no basketball pun reference there, but uh, <laughs> I threw it out there anyways. But, you know, the first thing I like to do is any coach that I ever have on the show is I want to just give us some street cred. So just so people who are listening, this isn't like Kelsey didn't throw this stuff at me. This is me doing research and calling around and, and kind of getting all what I can. So this, she doesn't even know I'm doing this, but I want to give you a little bit of street cred because you were a heck of a basketball player, both in high school and collegiately. So I just kind of want to throw that out there because, you know, if you have players that are listening, sometimes when a coach like tells them what to do or how to do something like, oh, okay, blah, 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 but you've been there and done it. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that anybody who's listening here kind of knows we'll start with, we'll start with Allenton Catholic. Uh, you captain the basketball and soccer team as a senior you helped the basketball team do three catholic central league championships and in 2009 obviously i mentioned earlier the division two north championship you dropped 20 in that game just throwing that out there uh three-time ccl all-star and you were league mvp in boston herald all scholastic your senior year you scored over a thousand points and you played in the high school the again all-star game at bentley uh, you were co-captain in 2011-2012 season, then again in 2012 and 2013. During that, you had a 61-6 and record over that span, so pretty good leadership there. Um, you started every game as a senior. Uh, you, in overall, uh, 126 games that you, that you played in um, was the fifth most by any active Division II player um, as of 2013. I don't know if a lot has changed since then. Uh, and you're tied 15 all-time on, on Bentley's all-time list as well. And you rank 14th in program history with both three-pointers, 122, and three-point accuracy at 349. So uh, very good. <laughs> very, very, very <laughs> impressive. Um, so I'll just ask you this question out the gate. I mean, obviously, basketball is a huge part of your life. It hasn't affected it both on and off the court. Um, so talk about maybe some of the coaches you played for uh, and maybe how they just influenced your, your passion for basketball. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll start. My first coach was actually my dad, which was unique given that he's a hockey player. But uh, when I wanted to play basketball, you know, he volunteered. He had us for like three or four years. And I think what was really beneficial for me and my teammates is that he didn't play the game. So he didn't know, you know, he doesn't have his own opinions on certain defenses and the way you're supposed to play offense. So, you know, I remember he just had stacks and stacks of books, like coaching books and drills. And he was always researching and finding quotes from college coaches. Um, but he really had to break it down to the fundamentals because it was all he knew. Right. So he gave us a really good baseline, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth. You're learning just the fundamentals and. You know, I think that was super important because once you start getting into skill development and to the next level to have that baseline 
you know, you're not backtracking. You're already, you're starting from, you're starting ahead of people and you can focus on your skills because you have the good fundamentals. So, you know, credit to him putting in the effort and, you know, a lot of my teammates, my high school teammates played for him when we were young. So I think it just gave us a good baseline. Um, and then high school, I mean, I'll talk about all my coaches here, but I was just so, so lucky. I mean, I played for Dave Brady, the program that he had built at Arlington Catholic. It made it a really easy decision for me to hop across the street, stay in the Catholic school system and play really competitive basketball. Again, another fundamentals coach. You know, he was super competitive, but in, in practice, you know, he was patient and he, he taught things the right way. You know, I remember being like 14 and making a pass to the post and it gets there, right? He stops practice and he was like, Kelsey, you need to throw it this way. And you're 14, you're like, but it got there, coach. He's like, well, it should have been the outside hand. And, you know, you're kind of like, you, you huff and roll your eyes, right? But then by the time you're a senior and you're playing in these competitive games against good players and you're making the right pass and it's getting there, you're like, all right, I get it. I get it. And you're the one telling the younger kids, you know, hey, these are the adjustments to make. So, you know, just had a great experience there. Um, I don't think an hour podcast is enough time to talk about Barbara Stevens and C. White and Dan Hunt. But my experience at Bentley is, just, you know, second to none. Same, same consistent theme, right? These coaches are dedicated. They love their craft. They're putting in the time. They care about their, their players. Um, just so, so lucky. I, uh, I played AU for Donald Morris you know, AAU is a different, it's just different than high school. You know, there's less team, there's more player development. And, you know, I had all these coaches that really understood the game and taught the game the way it was supposed to be. But he was kind of the coach for me that was like, hey, you're there, like, do it better. Like, just do it harder, like have confidence. So, you know, the, the myriad of coaches that I played for just all came together and super appreciative, super supportive. Um, I was just so, so lucky. Yeah, it's amazing when you really think back to all the coaches that you had and just maybe little different things that stand out. I mean, when you brought up your dad, it made me laugh. Like my dad coached us when we were younger to like a certain point. And he was always really hard on us. Like not, not in a bad way, but as I got older, like I understood, like if there was a penalty, I had to serve the penalty. If somebody needed to sit out, I sat out. Like it was always me, you know? And when I got older, I started to appreciate that more because to me, that's like second nature being a good teammate. Like, all right, I'll, I'll set this one out. Like let them, you know, and you learn that at a young age. And some kids that don't, they have a hard time when they get into that high school and college ranks of maybe always being the one that shines or always the one that is, you know, the top dog. And then you're kind of playing with other people that are at that same level and being a good teammate means a lot more, you know? So um, you've, you definitely have coached, you've been coached by some really great coaches. And I know Dave Brady, obviously through Allenton Catholic Connection. I mean, the program was always in the hunt every year, you you know, if you weren't in the championship game, you were the game before it, you know, consistently. So, um, you know, definitely a tip of the cap to him and obviously a Bentley and a lot has to do with you. You know, obviously you, you're a great leader. I mean, you were captain of the team for two years at Bentley. So that says a lot about who you are on and off the court to lead a program. Um, I guess my question to you then is next is you took a little bit of time afterwards, obviously with work and everything else, it's always hard to get into coaching, especially if you don't have that schedule. Was it a hard adjustment going from being a player to jumping on the other side and being a coach? And now you have to relate that information of explaining that to a 14 year old and like almost kind of how you were at some point. Yeah, you, you kind of you alluded to it. I mean, I think what I what I learned through my years of playing basketball was, you know, just being a good teammate and being a leader. Right. Every person is different. You're going to have teammates that you might not have anything in common with off the court, but you're, you're here for a common goal. So, 
you know, how can you find something in common? Like, where do you meet in the middle? And then how do you build a relationship off that? Because everyone needs to succeed here to make the group succeed. So, you know, where I found success, I, I really feel like was in getting to know my teammates, you know, finding my voice, being a leader. You know, I wasn't oozing athleticism. You know, I was never the fastest, the tallest, could jump the highest, but, you know, finding where I could find value on each, add value on each individual team was kind of where I focused, right? Like, you know, we have tons of great shooters, but I can really play good defense. So maybe on this team, you know, I'm not the scorer, but I want my minutes because I'm going to play defense. So again, I like leadership and knowing the game was really where I thrived. So even my up my older years at Bentley and at AC, you know, I got really vocal on the court. I got vocal off the court. You know, I, I knew the plays at every position because that's where I could add value. So I'm talking to my teammates through it. You know, they're more skilled. They might be better shooters, but they're in the wrong spot. So I'm kind of telling them on the court, hey, slide down, you know, go to the right the right spot. So I think, you know, I, I was a student of the game even while I was playing it because it was what I needed to do to be successful. So the transition has been, you know, easier, I think, than I initially thought because, uh, you know, I, I like getting through to people. I like being able to communicate. You know, I like finding out what makes people tick. You know, one, you know, what what might motivate one player isn't going to motivate another. So figuring that out, I like, I'm passionate about that. So I hope that, you know, that's kind of translated into my first few years, you know, being on the sideline. Well, it's, 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 can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. My, my mic just made a sound that I was like, did my mic just die? All right, good. So, um, you made, you made a point about like, you, you said something to the effect of like not always being the fastest or the most athletic, but you figured out where you could find points. I mean, I felt like coaching an Arlington Catholic, that was like the one advantage that we had over a lot of teams is yeah. We might've had some kids that weren't as gifted athletically as other teams in that conference or in that league, but we had really smart kids. So we could throw a lot at them. We could teach them a lot. And in a way they found their roles. Like we found guys who could play 10 to 12 plays and contribute X, Y, and Z when they needed to. And I'm sure it's the same thing on the basketball court that you can find players that have roles that, you know, maybe they're not necessarily happy with first, you know, first on not getting as much time or whatever, but they, they hold a bigger like value than they realize, you know, and being a good coach is making them realize that that value is just as important as somebody who's putting in more minutes or has more time out there because you're more of like a specialty player, you know? Um, so I love that. I think that that's, you know, sometimes what's missing from high school sports a little bit, truthfully, is that understanding of like what a true role player is and, and having good coaches that can really talk kids into understanding those roles. Um, that's what makes a team a lot better when you can utilize nine through 12 on your bench instead of relying on one through seven or one through eight all the time, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. So your, your head coach, Jay, um, he reached out to us. Now, Jay, I was looking back, Jay was the sixth guest on our, on our podcast when we first started. So he was like an original founding father coming on here. Um, but when we popped this up again, he like instantly reached out to me um, about you. And I'm just going to read some of the words that he said to me. And he's, he said a lot, he said a lot of nice things about you truthfully over just not even on this recommendation, but just outside of here. But I wanted you to hear a few of the kind words that he had said about you. He says, Kelsey was a tremendous coach that we added on to our staff this year. She's smart, great with the girls, and she understands the game of basketball very well. It is great to have an assistant coach who sees the game the same way I do. And we find ourselves agreeing during the game. And we see things almost at the same time. Kelsey is very mature and has all the makings to be a head coach in the very near future. 
I mean, what are your thoughts when you hear something like that? Jay's a tremendous coach. I mean, at Wilmington, he was, you know, all-time leading, uh, you know, wins record for the girls program. And now at MC, he's building a monster. So um, just when you hear that, what do you think? Yeah, super flattered. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Anyone you talk to, Jay's a great guy, great guy. He's a great coach, but he really is a great guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just lucky that he let me tag along, as I said, before we were chatting. Um, I played with his daughter, Amanda, years ago, so we crossed paths then. And then, you know, actually listening to his podcast, he mentioned uh, a win versus an undefeated Arlington Catholic team. And I was a freshman on that team, and that was a squad. So I've been waiting like 16 years to figure <laughs> out the tricks in Jay's bag, because uh, if he can win games like that, you know, he's not fooling around. But uh, jokes aside, you know, I was looking to, to stay involved, but I have a full-time job. So he's been so flexible. You know, I, we do see the game very similar. You know, there's times games run and a play happens and we'll like whip our heads around, like, you know, thinking the same thing. Um, he's so knowledgeable. He, and what I've taken away this series is just so passionate about the program and his girls, you know, he wants the best for them one through one through 12, one through 15, you know, wants to keep them involved and motivated and, and really um, just passionate about his kids. And, and that's what coaching is all about. Right. Um, again, what he has done with this program, we're talking four years, right? So the first year they were freshman JV had great success, all freshmen, 19 and one, 19 and yeah. one incredible sophomore you know they had a great season then they have a COVID season and now we're in our fourth year and we just had just an unbelievable run um first league title you know we made it to the elite eight we weren't the best team on the court that night to get to the final four but that happens you know it doesn't take anything away from the season and the program that he and these seniors have built and it's just super impressive yeah. I mean, we're a huge fan of Jay. I know he had talked to us and we covered you guys at the garden. You know, when the video came out, there was a lot of impressive things, but a lot of things that people kept talking to me about was one was how great it was to see him kind of really empty his bench out at the garden. You know, a lot of that's a, I mean, that's a regular season game and that win could be really valuable in your ranking and you know, where you're seated. So to see him really give those girls an experience and everybody played, and everybody was good. Like every kid who subbed in was really good too. So it was really nice to see that. Um, but then the other aspect to it was um, it was a little bit of the video of you getting mic'd up. And I had a lot of coaches, like, especially basketball coaches that were like, Oh, how, who's that? You know, and how'd you, how'd you work that out and so on and so forth. And just listen, how you got down and talk to the kid. Um, you know, I got a lot of great feedback for that. I don't know if I told you that or not, but I at least wanted you to know that, um, that it was, people were very impressed of how you're an assistant coach and you were right there on the floor, boom, talking to the girl, telling her exactly what she needed. And it wasn't like long and drawn out. It was like, here, boom, this is what you need to do. Pay attention to it. Okay. Back to watching the game. Like it, it, it was impressive. It was really impressive to see. Uh, so I just wanted you to know that as well. Um, I appreciate that. One of my, uh, one of my college teammates, Sarah, she's an assistant at Bentley and she goes, Oh my God, I can hear the Bentley in your voice, you know, <laughs> credit again to all the coaches that I've had along the way, because it's just, you know, you take bits and pieces from everyone. Yeah. And it's nice. It's nice when you put it all together. I mean, I've always had, you know, my, like I said, my dad had coached me and then really it was like, you know, Serge Clivio AC. I mean, those are the two guys that, you know, I played hockey at AC, but eh, you know, like Serge was just different, you know, and, and that's how I kind of, 
you know, always, always value him. And I, I felt like I coached a lot like him. So I, when you hear that, Oh, Bentley in in your voice, yeah, I get it. I'm sure people would say the same thing. They heard surge in my voice forever. Um, so basketball, like I'm a spectator, like I love watching the basketball. I was watching the Celtics a little bit before I had come down here, but you know, and I understand basics, right? Like man, the man zone defenses when it comes to offense, not really. I mean, I'm just watching like any average fans watching, but I don't understand like set plays, you know, substitutions, design plays, when to take a timeout when teams having a run or, or vice versa, when you might be just cold or something like that and need to regroup. Um, so like I said, I see it as an average fan, but obviously you as a player and coach, I mean, what's your philosophy in basketball? I mean, how do you look at the game and say, this is how I want to teach it? Yeah. Um, what I, it's different. High school is very different than college. I think any coach will tell you that. So I'm kind of learning, you know, I'm learning more of the, the high school, you know, how to succeed at the high school level. Right. Jay had, had a comment and, you know, he said it before. He's like, if we're, if we're practicing something and we're not getting it, let's move on because the motivation dips, you know, you want to keep people engaged. Um, and so I'm learning just so much about kind of, you know, how to run practices and how to make these young kids tick and when they're learning, you know, how to, how to push them, but not push them too hard that they get disengaged. Um, you know, I think still my philosophy is, and it's going to be cliche, but like perfect practice makes perfect. Like you can't just, right. you know, be in the gym practicing, you know, practicing the wrong way, practicing Euro steps and bad shots, 10 feet behind the line, because you just wasted 40 minutes. Right. So that's kind of my philosophy on practice and getting better. And again, I'm learning, kind of the transition back to the high school level, but in terms of, of games, you know, it's very, it's very similar and learning from Jay, you know, he watches a lot of the teams are going to play ahead of times. He watches to see what their best players are doing, you know, what they're running offensively. And he's put in a good foundation in practice that we can do, you know, three different defenses, or we can transition to, you know, run different offenses. So depending on the game, you know, we'll take a different philosophy. We'll work through it the day in practice. And then we'll put it on the court and that from high school to college is very much the same. And just, you know, the dedication to, to watch these games ahead of time, you know, get to know their players. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of, I'm learning that and, uh, and the, the strategy behind it. And it's not easy, right? It's not easy to do that because sometimes you, you want the game to move faster and you want them to pick up things quicker. And you just got to remember at the end of the day, especially like at an MC where it's similar to AC, you don't necessarily know who you're getting year to year or the type of player that you're getting. So it's not like you have a youth program or a feeder program that's coming up to say, oh, we got these seventh and eighth graders that are pretty good. Like, you know, you might have an idea who you, who you might be getting because you obviously they get accepted to the school and you might get a little bit of a heads up and there's summer league, I'm sure everything else but um you know it's tough it's tough to go in there and you know you have to somewhat reteach things in, in a lot of ways you know when you feel like even though okay these four girls or five girls were here last year you know you you find that you still have to go through the very basics and go over things and just whether it's footwork or placement or whatever just to get better at um so that's tough. I, you know, I, I think that's always a tough thing about teaching at a Catholic school or coaching at a Catholic school is you don't know who you get year to year. And for you, you played at such a high level. I mean, you guys were in the final four when you were, um, you know, at Bentley. So, you know, you understand playing at an extremely high level and everybody on that court with you is equal to you, if not better, you know? And so sometimes it's hard when, 
you know, you might have a bench full of people that really understand that, but in high school, that's just not how it's always going to be, you know? Um, and then translating to practice, you know, when I had Jay on here before, Jay kind of really talked about, and I always find this interesting from sport to sport uh, when it comes to practice. Uh, in football, you know, we used to segment practices when, you know, scripting our plays, you know, doing indie drills, you know, uh, special teams, red zone offense, red zone defense, third down plays, et cetera. Um, how do you look at a basketball practice? I mean, are you looking at it more of, okay, we're preparing for this opponent that we're going to see in two days and we got a little film on or we saw live, or is it really just truly like, this is what we got to get better at from last game? Yeah. I, I think the focus is, is on us, right? If we're progressing the way we want to progress, we're working on our stuff, we're doing our stuff well, you know, that's, that's how you're going to build a solid foundation and a good program. And then when you get into playoffs, there's more focus on the specific team, but the main focus is doing what, what we do and doing it well. And uh, you kind of ran through it, right? All sports are the same, right? And all the coaches I've had kind of take the same approach, Jay included is, hey, we have two hours here. Let's make the most of it. And we're not just going to walk in, you know, lollygagging, running through different drills. Like we know exactly what we're going to go through, uh, starting with warmups and finishing with free throws, right? So um, I love that. I, I think you do have a limited time, especially during the season, and you got to make the most of it. Yeah. And I, you know, practice is so different. I mean, I know coaches who blare music the whole practice and in my head, I'm like, I've done music before at certain segments of practice, but I'm like, how the hell are they going to hear you? How are they focusing? Like, how do they, you know, they're really picking up when there's a song playing and they're just bobbing their head to it or like dancing on the field. So, you know, every coach does it differently. And I just always find it so interesting to see how each sport is different and in, in how they run their programs. Are you a big music person? Like when you were in college and stuff, did you guys play a lot of music at practice or no? Basketball doesn't do it. Not at practice. It's, it's interesting you say that. I've never, I've never heard of music, like maybe warm-ups, but on Sundays we have really early practice and Jay's like, I'm asking them to be here early. I'm going to let them play music. I'm like, geez, you're going to let them play music? What do, you, what do you mean? I'm like breaking out in hives. Like you can't do that. <laughs> but sure enough, you know, the music's turned up a little bit. So everyone takes a step closer and they're like locked in when he's talking, but when they're going through warmups and going through drills, you know, it's a Sunday morning. They love the beauty of music. But as soon as we start talking, whenever the focus came back to us, I was like, wow, these kids have a lot of maturity and, you know, let them enjoy some music on a Sunday morning practice. I love it. Yeah. You know, and I think social media has a lot to do with that. I mean, nowadays you can look up any coach or any program that's doing stuff. And I mean, I've stolen from so many people being like, I'm going to do that. That's awesome. You know, but I always found music was a great thing because, you know, for football anyways, I don't know if basketball is the same, but the first like 15 or 20 minutes, like makes or breaks your practice, like how the kids come on the field, how they're warming up, how they're stretching, how serious they're taking it. And when you have music, it's just a little bit of a different energy, like you mentioned. And it is surprising how locked in they get back and not all the time. Like sometimes you're going to be like, okay, music off, you know, but um, you know, we, we have found when I was an assistant there and as a head coach as well, music just kind of changes everything for, you, you know, you can, like you said, you can get through a two hour and 15 minute practice, you know, that's well scripted and segmented when you have a little music in between and those indie sessions and so on and so forth. So it's funny to see that basketball does it too. I'm glad, you know, like I said, it's different, but I wasn't a huge proponent of it at first, but I did see the difference and I was like, yeah, they're, they're right. The, the coaches are right. 
Um, so you mentioned your MC squad. So I, I obviously want to jump into that. I mean, like I said, I got the opportunity to cover you guys and, um, you know, 21 and three this year, you guys were very well coached, very deep. Uh, like I said, we covered you with the garden. What I found was just like how mature and focused the team was. You mentioned focus a few minutes ago, but that's what I noticed. You know, when we got there, like the girls were taking in the experience before the game, seeing the garden floor, there was a little game going on there beforehand, but then it was like in the locker room, all business ready to go. And that obviously to me, it just shows how great of a coaching staff that, you know, Jay had, including himself into getting these girls to enjoy a moment, but also that it's a business trip at the end of the day. And you got some stuff you got to do. Um, obviously no season ends, especially if you're not winning the very last game of the season, but there was a lot of success. 21 three is no joke. Um, you guys play some good teams. It's not like you play cupcakes. So, um, do you ever like in practice? I'll ask you this in two parts. One, I'll just ask you, like, talk about this team a little bit, what you saw your first year of coaching. I mean, that's a pretty, that was a pretty good team. I, I was very impressed across the board. Yeah, this was a really special team. You know, we've alluded to it in a conversation already to only be a four-year program. We're talking about five seniors that made a decision to come to a school that had never had girls, right? So MC's got a great reputation, but they've never, you know, this was new. I haven't seen any local schools make a change like this. So how do, how does that develop, right? And they took a chance. And, you know, I will say they love their school, like starting with classes. They love, they just love being there. So that's great. You know, basketball, sports, you know, that's just an added bonus. But those five seniors have really, you know, they built this program. Now we have... 12 down to two freshmen, um, competitive, you know, testament to Jay and, and those seniors for, for building, you know, a program where people want to come to play basketball. Um, and, and again, the maturity that you referenced, I think that that's, you know, that's on Jay and also the school. They do a really good job with, you know, these girls' confidence. Um, you know, quick sidebar, I we had senior night and we asked the younger um players to write a speech for the five seniors each one was supposed to supposed to talk so we didn't really give them guidance you know we said short and sweet you know less than a minute and sure enough all seven of them jumped up there they grabbed the mic in front of all the the, the every fan and said really nice things about their seniors i mean they were they were genuine you know they they spoke confidently and i was just like wow you know these kids like they get it like mc is doing something right jay's doing something right because that's not easy um, and, and, and also the, the things they said about the seniors were honest. So, you know, you don't really know what happens on the bus or when they're in the hallway, but if the younger kids feel this way about the seniors, they're doing something right. Right. And that's just a catapult to your program, right? Because then these kids are seeing those kids and they're saying, this is how our program is. And this is the next group of leadership that comes in the next year. They're going to carry themselves just like the previous five seniors. So these girls probably don't realize it now, but at some point in their lives, I'm sure the five of them will be back there and they're going to be on it in some sort of way. And, you know, this program's just going to keep winning. And like you said, they are doing something right. We cover the football team at the beginning of the year and the AD there, Bill Raycraft, I think is phenomenal. Like he's, when I started this podcast, I know he was one of the first listeners we've ever had because I know I've had a couple MC coaches on already. Um, and and he was a big fan of it and had reached out to me and wrote me, you know, when, very early on with this. And we didn't know each other. And um, I really respect that. And that really stands out to me about him. And I know we we covered some sports in the in the winter there. And the winter sports teams are just really good. I mean, every team is made. The boys basketball team is out of control. Good. Like no one's even come close to them yet. And in the playoffs and um, you know, even hockey girls and boys hockey. I mean, 
boys team lost to Arlington. That's a loaded hockey team, you know? So, and it was a good hockey game. So, um, you know, these teams are doing something right. The school's doing something right. And like you said, yeah, it's, it's showing on, it's showing on the, you know, the playing field or the court wherever it is. Now these girls are pretty talented, right? Do you ever just kind of lace up the strings on, on your shoes a little bit and get out there? I mean, sometimes I used to do it in practice. Like I'd get out there and play safety or get out there and play corner because I wanted this receiver to get the best look. And I didn't think the sophomore who was 40 pounds less than him is going to give him the best look. So I sometimes go out there and jam at the line or run with them. I mean, do you find yourself doing that a little bit of times? I'll show some drills. Honestly, I was, uh, I was showing one of our players a move out of a jump stop and I twisted my ankle and I was like, man, I got work to do in the off season. If I'm going to jump in with these kids next year. So I'll go through drills, but, uh, nothing, nothing intense for sure. I am uh, far too out of shape for that. Well, that's it. Right. And then like, I've done it for like, I hurt my hamstring. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't show these guys. And I'm like trying not to like limp around the field a little bit, but you know what? I read your accolades at the beginning. So they can't give you anything but love after that. So (laughs) uh, that's all right. It takes us a while to get back into it a little bit, but, um, so off seasons now for you, um, and this is your first off season. I mean, how do you plan on spending it? Like how much time do you say to yourself, I'm going to step away from basketball and just focus on me and, and, you know, what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, as you know, when you're doing something like this, you know, it's not for anything else besides love of the game and, and, and enjoying the kids. Right. So I don't really feel like, Oh, that was a long season. I, you know, I need a break. Um, so I got to figure it out because like, you know, I'm new to this, but I'm definitely back in it and I have the bug. So I got to figure out something soon to, uh, to keep it going. I got some final four games on the schedule for next week. So I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you, do you consider yourself more of like, it's only one year. So obviously it's one year to base on, do you consider yourself more of an offensive mind, the coach or a defensive mind, the coach at this point? Definitely defensive minded. Yeah. Love to hear that. Love yeah. to hear that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm a big D Anyone will say, but there's going to be nights. I mean, we had one in Lunenburg last week where your offense just, you're just not clicking. And I had a few of the girls ask me a few times, my shots didn't go in last game. What can I change? I'm like, well, how many did you take? She's like two. And I was like, well, a good shooting percentage is about 40. So you're going to miss shots. You know, it's going to be nights like that, but there can't be nights where you take off defense. So that's, that's my philosophy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm such a huge defensive minded guy. Even when I took over at AC, it was like, I don't care offensively year one, like we're going to be a tough team to play on defense, you know? And that's just, I love that mentality because basketball, especially basketball, like, and this will lead into what I wanted to talk to you about next, but you know, scoring touchdowns or hitting three pointers or getting a lot of runs in baseball, whatever it is, that's what makes like people love those sports because it's, it's the appeal of having like, you know, offense and, and being able to like kind of showcase or show that off Um, the three ball. I mean, it's changed so much. I mean, you saw it obviously at the high school level and like the early 2010s and then in the college level, you know, mid 2010s, um, 25 or 33 pointers. I mean, I've covered games and I throw that out there, but teams shoot that many three pointers in a game. Do you think it's good for basketball or do you think that's just the way it is now? And that's it. Yeah. I don't know what's really driven this transition. You know, they call it the Euro ball, right? It's a little leaner, you know, five guards at five guards out. Um, I have a difference of opinion in high school and college. You know, once you get to the college level, you got shooters, man. So if they're putting them up and they're hitting them at a good clip, I love it. Um, I think for high school, I haven't seen many players that shoot that consistently. Um, 
And again, I, I don't see many players that want their back to the basket either. So that's frustrating. I, I think for the high school game, it's not great. You know, if, if you're a post and you got moves to, with your back to the basket, you can have a lot of success. I mean, I even saw in college, I had, you know, two teammates over a thousand point scorers that you know were great with their back to the basket and it's tough to defend. So, uh, you know, I hope that there is more emphasis on, you know, back to the five positions rather than get everyone outside hucking threes. Yeah. And that, I mean, we covered, we covered Burlington. They're in the final four for division two. We're actually covering them on Tuesday and their center was knocking threes down. Like, and they were leaving him open. He was hitting them. And then he was a monster inside. I'm like, man, basketball is just like, if you're a shooter, like it changes everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, oh, I always find that interesting because even when I had basketball coaches on during COVID, like, you know, when there was really no basketball being played, when I kind of asked them a similar question, like every single person's like, yeah, we shoot 30, 35 threes a game. I'm like, what? You know, like I just couldn't believe that how common that was that it's gone trickle down from the NBA game to really as, as low as the high school level, you know, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so first off season, you know, for you, you mentioned, you know, maybe taking a little time away, you're always kind of involved in it. Do you find yourself trying to educate yourself in anything like clinics, webinars, conferences? Is there anything that's kind of popped out to you? I mean, obviously you have a, a, a book of basketball in your brain as far as how the game's played and what you know, but is there anything after being a coach this year that maybe stood out to you about, Hey, you know what? I want to get a little bit better at maybe coaching this or teaching this or, you know, something that I can help maybe implement next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so during the season, you know, I was cleaning out my closet at, a year ago and I found this huge binder of all of my my Bentley plays right so I'm flipping through those I go back to those a lot but um, in terms of going forward you know I'm not familiar with many like you know what's out there you would love to learn more I think what's what I've listened to is your podcast you know you had Mitchie on from Rockland she's a fantastic person a great coach they've had a ton of success really enjoyed Kristen McDonald's episode she's had success everywhere she goes so I think, you know, your best, in my opinion, your, your best learning experience is other coaches that have had success, right? You know, what are they, success breeds success? What are they doing, you know, at all these, like, she's had two different programs, you know, how, what has she done consistently that's led to that success? And also in college, I remember, you know, there were coaches from local schools, you know, other division two, II, division three schools with very successful programs sitting in our three and a half, four hour practices. And I was like, wow, you know, I can't believe they're here, you know, giving up their time with their team to, to take stuff away. So, you know, I just think learning from other coaches is, is your best option. Yeah. We had a guest on, um, you know, probably like halfway through, um, this is like episode 56, 57. So maybe somewhere in the twenties or thirties, but I had a guy on named Rick Gorman who kind of hosts fireside chats. I forget the exact name of them offhand, but it's all basketball coaches from a high school and even collegiate level that like do a zoom call. I don't know how much they're doing it now, maybe with things back in play, but um, it's a, it's an opportunity for coaches to really go on there and talk about, you know, offense, defense, program running, you know, and he says, sometimes it's even like the little, little minor things that you wouldn't even think would be a 45 minute conversation that ends up taking up the entire chat. So I could definitely give you his information, but every I've had a few coaches on here, like Chris Harvey from Salem state. He's very involved in every, um, even Chris McDonald was on here and she was talking about, she's actually the first one who brought it up to me about these fireside chats and then come to realize like Dennis Singer from Wilmington, like more basketball coaches I had on more of them that were really involved 
in this. So this will, I'll give you that information. I'm sure Jay has it too, but if yeah. not, I'll give it to both of you guys. I mean, you come to find out, I'm sure it's the same with football and every, any other sport, but basketball, people love talking basketball. So oh God. lots of I different opinions. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah. you know, you get going and, uh, yeah, it never ends. Oh, I love it. Like when someone just, especially, you know, because like you said, like you're a fan of the game and I'm sure when you watch basketball, like with someone like me, who's just an average spectator who watches it as they see, you're seeing so many different things or just watching it differently. You know, like when I watch football, I watch the offensive line every snap, you know, because I'm like, are they dropping back? Are they kind of stepping down? Are they pulling? Like, and then I immediately then look to the backfield to be like, oh, they run the, like, you know, because you can just read how the line blocks. So like, I tell friends that I'm like, oh, do you see that block? And they're like, what? You know, cause they're following the ball. So it's like, I get what you're totally saying there. So it is nice sometimes when you have somebody who maybe just looks at the game similar or like, you kind of have an, a little bit of an out there opinion that an average fan wouldn't, but then someone's like, Oh, I totally agree with that because of blah, 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 blah. And you're like, all right, I want to talk to this person. You know, <laughs> like it's this, it's this podcast really. I mean, when I have coaches on here, this is like, there's not many people in my life that would have these conversations that I get so excited about. So it's nice to hear that other people kind of do the same when, when that opportunity is given to them. Uh, obviously this is year one and this is kind of a question I'm just throwing out there to you. Um, you obviously wanted to coach basketball for the love and passion of it, but do you have like a bigger goal for yourself? Like, do you eventually want to be a head coach at some point in high school or do you want to move up into the college ranks where you're so familiar with that? Or have you not even thought about it yet? I'm not even there. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm kind of taking it as it comes. Um, again, when we were talking, you know, it came out of COVID. I just, I had extra time. I wasn't traveling for work. You know, I, I feel like I do know the game. Like I love the kids. Like where can I add some value? Um, and then this season was just super special, you know, loved every minute of it. Um, you know, it's just rewarding, right? You see a kid at the beginning of the season to where they finish at the end and you're like, well, what are you doing this summer? Because next season, you know, I have these plans for you. Um, so I'll continue with it, but uh, super happy at MC where I am. So if Jay will continue to have me, I'll be there. That's awesome. That's great. And my last question to you before we jump into like our two minute drill is, you know, I have a lot of coaches on here and, and I ask this question to every single person who comes on here because I feel like everybody just brings something different to the table or says something different that I'm like, wow, you know, I wouldn't even thought of saying that that's, that's a great response. But, you know, there's a lot of young coaches out there like yourself who are looking to make that jump at coaching at the high school level and whatever sport that it is, what would be your advice to them as far as maybe things just to kind of be aware of or things to kind of think of, or maybe just instinctually in, in trusting yourself? Yeah, uh, that's a difficult one. I mean, I would say you, just go and do it, you know, go and sit in these practices. You know, if, if you're there for the right reasons and, and you love the game, like you're going to affect one kid and that's enough, right? Like observe the head coach, you know, how are they, how are they doing things? Is it, are there other things you would change, you know, be an observer first. And then once you start to get comfortable, you know, find your voice and add value because if you're anyone who's doing something they're passionate about is going to have success. So that's kind of my, just go do it, observe, and then add value where you can, because you're going to get more out of it than, uh, than you're putting in. I promise. Yeah. You know, and it's so interesting because, you know, and it's great advice in, in you have you're, you're a, like I said, a book of basketball, basketball knowledge. So um, to go in and kind of just take it as is like, yep, you know, a lot about basketball, you understand the game, you've been there, you've done it. 
But like jumping to that coach inside can be a little different, can be a little intimidating, can be a little tough. You're dealing with a whole different element that you weren't as a player with dealing with, you know, kids and school and parents and everything else that kind of comes along with it. Um, you know, and I, I've had plenty of young coaches who come out of college and well, if I'm not, the, if I'm not calling the, I'm like, dude, you, you got so much to learn. Like I get it. Yeah. You know, a lot, but knowing and teaching are two completely different things, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I will tell you being an assistant coach is really the sweet spot. You don't have to, you're not dealing with all, all the admin, you know, it, it's a really nice place to be. So certainly don't envy some of the stuff that gets put on the head coaches. Yeah, it's tough. It's not easy. I've been there and done it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, there were funny parts. I like, wait, I have to do that, you know, like, cause Serge did it for so long. Like it just never even thought of it. You know, I was just coaching football and yeah, it's, it's a whole different thing, the balance. And, and that's why having great assistant coaches is even that more valuable because you might not be able to get the practice right when practice starts, because you're dealing with something with an administrator, you're dealing with something that kid happened in school, or you're on the phone with the parent about something that's going on with the kid outside of football and outside of school. So there's always things that just pop up and get kind of thrown on your lap at the last minute and you're not expecting it. So having assistant coaches and being organized and have practice scripted was always so important for me because the show needs to go on, even if I'm going to be five or 10 minutes late because something unexpected dropped on my lap. So yeah, assistant coaching is the best. And this is why this is truly my favorite month because you have any coach on here. Who's just like, they're, they're coaching it because they love it and they're not dealing or looking at the other side of it. They're just talking about the passion of coaching or the passion for the sport. And that's why it's my favorite. It's, 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 it's a hard life too, because you do a lot and you know, the head coach falls on the sword, but they also get the rewards for the things that go really well and, and deservingly so and deservingly so. Um, but you know, the assistants are always kind of in the background. And um, so that's why we want to give them love on this podcast. I'm a, I was a head coach, but I'm an assistant coach at heart always. So um, I totally get that. So we're going to jump into our last segment here. It's our Cheney's two minute drill. I don't know if you've ever been to Cheney's um, down in French street, right near the Boston garden. But if you want a good iron Cheney's calzones, pizza, go there. Joe's a great guy. He's been a huge fan of our podcast for a really long time, really since day one. So we named this two minute drill after him uh, just for all the love he's given us over the years. So, um, but it's rapid fire questions. I'm just going to throw them at you. One or two word answers is totally fine. Um, and again, if you want to explain something a little bit more, most certainly can I'll throw the red flag. If I do want you to explain something more, I might say, okay, I want you to talk about this a little more and vice versa. If you want to throw the red flag and say, Hey, I have to respond to this. Um, that's totally fine too. So coaches love this, their favorite segment. And uh, let me get this timer set. And, and here we go. This year, what was the toughest place uh, to play an away game? This is an easy one. Uh, bon bon. They have this tiny home court advantage gym, you know, full of fans. Um, it's just a really difficult place to win league rival. Um, good environment, but definitely a tough gym to play in. In basketball, is it hard to like play in a gym that is just rocking? Like, is it is it mentally really tough? Yes. Yeah. In high school. Okay. I was wondering, cause in football, you could have a great crowd, but you're outside and the sound echoes into the sky. So in basketball, especially being away, it must be really hard. Um, team at AC is a player that you just wanted to beat every year, no matter what. There were a few, the CCL is tough, man. Archie's Spellman were, were really good my years. And then there was always the Mascos and the Reading and Dave Brady made this incredibly difficult schedule. So every game you were playing was a, a must, a must win. Um, but yeah, I would say Archie's and Spellman were, were league rivals at the time. 
And it's so funny when you say schedule, because nowadays it's so different making a non-league schedule before some teams might put cupcakes on there or some teams might play some really tough teams, but now it's all about points and who you play. And, you know, so that's a whole different element to like the high school game. That's just changed over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, song that still gets you juiced up a little bit before a big game. Um, before a big game, my college teammates would laugh. It girl by Jason Derulo was my jam. I made them put it on the warm up. No one was happy, but as it came on, I was like, yeah, I'm ready. Jason Derulo made a first time appearance here. I love it. This is great. I, I, this is another question I always ask because people just, it's always a different answer. Um, so I'll ask you kind of more of a funny rivalry question here. Your brother, Harry was on this podcast, uh, before representing the Red Sox. Who do you think is going to get more views him or you? We're very, very competitive. Um, so you're really starting something here. <laughs> I'll say him because knowing him, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's replayed it like five or six times. So <laughs> can go with him. <laughs> I love it. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to keep track of it and I'll have to keep you guys updated. Let um, us know. <laughs> What would you say is one word that describes your coaching style? Intense. Okay. I love that. You know, that's honesty. Most coaches say passionate, which means they're kind of crazy, right? So just saying you're intense is the most honest answer. That That's great. That's great. Character trait or flaw, I am intense, but <laughs> I'm also the biggest cheerleader, so. I love it. Um, best podcast that you listen to right now besides Beyond Podcasts? Besides beyond, <laughs> man, that makes it tough. Uh, true crime junkie. So anything true crime. I love it. Um, best teammate you ever had in high school or collegiately. And it could be not just for skill reason, just overall. Yeah, this is, this is tough. I think I would be in trouble if I didn't start with my sister uh, or didn't say her. We got to play together for a year, but I, I can't name just one uh, between high school, college, AAU. Um, I have just, I, I've been so, so lucky with teammates, um, you know, a few in my wedding, 20 plus at my bachelorette, you know, a godmother to one of my teammates, kids. I just, I have been so lucky. And then I have, uh, two coaching, three, co three coaching. So Lindsay Roach is at Arlington high, um, Riley Dunn is at Everett. I mean, these programs are so lucky because you know, they know the game. They're, they're great teammates, great people. Um, I can't name one. Yeah, that, that was a very good answer. That was very detailed. And it is crazy. Like, I didn't even think of that aspect for you because you obviously, like people I played high school with, uh, football with in high school, like I'm still very close with, you know. So for you, having that collegiate world too, it's just, and they come from all over. Um, yeah, I'm sure that that's a tough one. That is a real tough one, actually. Um, and then the last question I'll ask you, the 2022 NBA champions this year will be uh i have to go bucks and six i am a long time pat Connaughton stan he burned me in a few ncaa brackets but uh i got bucks with the repeat i love it that's great great answer <laughs> and you survived the two minute drill and i just want to say thanks for coming on here today um you know like i said assistant coaches month to me is my favorite month of the year you know it's people that that go and put in the work and put in the time and like you said it's not for the money of it trust me um it's it's for the love of it and working with kids and bettering them and these skills that you take from sports as a player um you bring them into life and when it's coming to coaching again like that's part of your gig it's you have the product on the court or on the field or whatever but it's also teaching these kids accountability and responsibility and time management because those are the things that you know that you need 
succeed in life beyond just playing sports, whether that's in college or the workforce or whatever it is. So um, I know that assistant coaches put that work and I've coached with many amazing assistant coaches who are now head coaches everywhere. So um, it is really nice to, to have this month and be able to get great people on here like you to really showcase them maybe for that next step someday. Maybe this podcast scores you a job in something you answered. Who knows? We had a couple of assistant coaches last year apply for head coaching jobs or finalists and just, you know, unfortunately didn't get it. Um, and, but they use this podcast as that, as that catapult for them. So that was really nice to be able to help them. So who knows, who knows? Yeah. Thank you for having me on this. It was great chatting with you. It's been great listening to the work you've put out. Uh, you know, everything you did for MC this year, really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. So thanks for coming on. And, uh, until next time we have Kelsey Haller and Malden Catholic girls, basketball, Anthony Petrellis beyond podcast. We are out. Thanks, Anthony.